Hi, I'm Amy Rodman. Welcome to Igniting Creativity, a series for virtual teachers where I walk you through the things I wish I would have known about becoming a teacher business owner to creatively thrive. I am interviewing other virtual teachers this season, and in this episode, we're talking to Rebecca Kizeltosh, a French teacher based out of London who teaches a very specific age group, and she's building her business and learning how she can become a CEO and take responsibility for the business side of things and really enjoy using different business strategies. Stick around for the end, too, because there's an announcement about some of her growth. Hi, Rebecca. It's so nice to have you on the podcast. I want to introduce Rebecca Kizeltosh, who is a virtual teacher out of London, and she's here to talk about how she has transitioned from a brick and mortar job into what she's doing now on OutSchool being a virtual teacher. So can you tell me a little bit about how this has even transpired? Sure. Um, well, it started, I'd have to say my journey started when I began teaching ESL online um, to with the Chinese company. And that was, that was just after I'd left my brick and mortar job um, when it was more a case of me needing a job so I thought I would do that <laughs> and it was quite nice that I got to do it from working from home um, so I, I started to do that um, I actually at that point I had zero confidence in myself even to teach ESL um, even though I had done a postgrad in education and I had like my classroom experience I had zero confidence so, so that what do you think led to that lack of confidence um just my experience in the classroom and um not feeling like I wasn't good enough like I, feeling like I could didn't have the right personality to teach and um, this is the sort of thing that I would tell myself okay um so so it was that was a really good environment teaching online teaching one or two students English um it allowed me to like build my confidence up and realize that you know what you can do this and you are a good teacher and you do have really really great skills i think like anyone who's been in a classroom is going to have great skills a, a really good skill set and they're going to be able to teach oh, if they yeah, don't believe in themselves sure. which is what i what i was like so. so how long did you teach in a classroom before you made the decision to transition and oh, okay. try the virtual teaching and was it necessary to work from home? Was this pre-pandemic, post-pandemic? And this was before the pandemic actually. And I, I, I actually had a really like bad experience working in the classroom. And I, I only had my own, I had, I'd been in, in schools for a few years, uh, you know, doing my training or working as a teaching assistant. But once I had my own class, um, I, I literally only stayed for a few months. Um, because of the pressure, the workload pressure, um, I find it a little bit unprofessional at times. And the fact that it was quite low pay, really, just right. Me to <laughs> I it. think a lot of teachers didn't relate yeah. to that. Yeah, and I just I wasn't ready to put up with all the demands of the workplace for that, you know, little rewards as I saw it. And so you I also had not been a teacher straight out of college either. So no. you knew that there were other ways to yeah. lead your career, right? Yeah, I mean, it was the fact that I was working all day in a really demanding job. 
and then having to work all evening doing lesson lesson planning or admin or marking and there was no the work-life balance was non-existent and, and perhaps that was down to me being new or down to me not having those skills to manage that workload at that point um but you know i just i was not interested in continuing and doing you know working under those conditions so right well so it's it was a recognize that yeah you were able to recognize like this is not healthy for me and yeah. i need to change this so you did yeah yeah and you didn't just put up with it and see how it would turn out and see if it would get better because you knew you could do something that was a healthier balance for yourself yes however at that stage I didn't know what I was going to do I, I was feeling a little lost um I just knew that I had to I had to leave that job mm -hmm. um and so it was it was a really difficult time time for me um especially as I'd all I'd always like taken pride in my career and um like um that was like it's something that still is really important to me I am quite ambitious right so for me to leave a job with no other job to go to was you know it was um not ideal really but it sounds like you it sounds like you turned that around pretty quickly and started figuring out what to do and by enjoying yeah. the ESL mm -hmm. then you know teaching that from home how did that get you to the point that you are now well it was actually during the pandemic I um I realized that I, I needed to be helping more children, especially children in my local community who had been missing out with these school closures. Mm -hmm. And so I, I started to look for children that I could tutor, like maybe in reading or math. Um, and I was, I was confident in my abilities to do that. And then there was just something that I just kind of heard like a little voice telling me, that I should be doing French um, because that was actually my specialism and um, teaching French. That's what I did at um, college oh, okay. um, as part of my teaching qualification. And I really wanted to have like maybe an after school club with children, um, the kind of thing that I had enjoyed when I was at school. That's what I wanted to do. However, everything's closed. Um, <laughs> so, so how did you create an after school program whenever there was no school to be after? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I really, I knew that this was what I wanted to do and I was taking action and just, that's when I, that's when I find art school. I just randomly find an advertisement for art school and like within a day I had been accepted on that platform and I was ready to go. And it was like, it was one of the happiest experiences like in my teaching career, because I knew that this was such a fantastic opportunity for me and like I just couldn't wait to get stuck in so and that was back in, yeah oh go ahead it was back when uh that was in 2020. okay so one of the things that held me back whenever I first started without school was just the technology you know my fear was what's what if something goes wrong I you know I have a master's in instructional technology it's not like I don't know how to use it but it was just a little overwhelming getting that started but because you had already been doing the v or um exactly the ESL, ESL like you were familiar yeah. with it so you were just ready to jump jump in and yeah. be able to teach virtually exactly like that's how I felt I I felt like this was it was funny I felt like 
almost in a way like it was my destiny because I hadn't chosen I hadn't chosen to be a teacher but here I was like feeling really passionate about my work mm-hmm. again so um I, I I just felt like almost as if I was being guided along a path you know right yeah so if that was in 2020 you've been doing that and building that so um at what stage of your business would you say you're in now like I feel like from what you're describing you're past that development stage in startup stage like are you within the growth like you're really trying to expand what you're doing yeah I think I'm within the growth stage and for me I've had to take a mindset change and see myself as a business owner and a CEO and (laughs) talk about myself that way because I have been focusing on because I you know I come from a place where I wasn't always confident with my teaching skills so I've I've been working on those how to teach um and it's been really important for me that I you know get good reviews and that my students make progress um because that was my weakness you know that's where I where I didn't feel confident so it's only um in the last few months that I have literally said I need to take responsibility for the business side of things. And, you know, I marketing, I don't really have a marketing skill set because I've never had to had to use use it. But I'm I'm literally like trying to learn, learn about marketing so that I can market my classes. And yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's I we're in a lot of the same stages as far as that goes, because here we are as teachers and we're be, you know, we are knowing how to develop classes, teach the students, do that. But in this type of marketplace where we are independent subcontractors, it took me a while to realize that I'm more than just a teacher. You know, when you use the word just, like I'm a teacher. Yes, I'm a teacher, but I'm also now a business owner. And so you have to develop your business. You have to market yourself. And I felt lost in that same way. I actually belong to a marketing membership where I've learned a ton because that is the one thing that I never, I never went to school for that. I went to school to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. But I I actually really enjoy using different business strategies. And it's something that I really like enjoy learning about. Um, So it does make, it makes this, it makes me being online is the best place for me because, because of those other aspects to the job you know it's not just turning up in a school and and teaching the traditional way so it's more fulfilling I feel like there is a lot of variety when it comes to teaching online because we're teaching and focusing on our classes developing what we want um, students to grow in you know and seeing these students over and over again but at the same time we have other things that we split our time with so whenever you're splitting your time with being a business owner, it's, it gives you a nice variety throughout your week. So um, can you walk us through like a typical day of your teaching business? Because when I say that, I mean like you're teaching, but you're also running a business. So what kind of things do you have to do on a daily basis? Um, so I, I get up early and I always start my day with like a nice hour long walk outside. Um, it was just such a luxury to be able to do that mm-hmm. um, and not have to do a commute. Um, and then because I'm in the UK, I have some students based in Asia who I would give private one to one lessons to in the morning. But it's 
I only have about four or five students um, in the mornings and I like having free um, uh, the daytimes free so that I don't I'm not teaching so that I can focus on other stuff like admin lesson planning um, or even just reading um, <laughs> you know like things like that um, and I usually have like some downtime in the afternoons where I'd like if I want to get coffee, I can, or if I even like watch Netflix or something just to really relax because I then teach in the, my evenings because most of my students are in, are in the USA. So I would teach around like nine or 10 PM my time. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So you're up late doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But I only, I only teach like two or three hours a day, which again is like, it's just such a luxury. Um, and to be honest, it is really tough teaching is really tough because it uses up so much of your energy that I don't know how teachers can teach for like six hours a day. It's really, really like physically demanding. So like, I'm happy to kind of work part-time hours. So when you say you work part-time hours, you're, you're working in front of the screen with the students as part-time hours. Yeah. But you still named other things that you're doing throughout yeah. the day. And you're right. It is a luxury that you get to do different things at different times that a normal nine to five or teaching jobs are usually like seven to three or, you know, it's not mm -hmm. a nine to five necessarily, but um, you can take those breaks in between. It's not yeah. eight hours straight. It's not, you get to work at this time and you leave at this time and you're lucky if you don't have to take work home and do it later. So yes, your day is stretched out from, it sounds like, you know, early morning until pretty late at night, but yeah. you're not actually working more than that eight hours. No. But tell us about the time, if you're doing two to three hours live with the students, then you mentioned admin and lesson planning, like what kind of things as a business owner and a teacher do you have to do that is behind the scenes that people don't always know about? Um, well, communicating with parents is really important. And, you know, I, I try to reply to any messages from them as soon as possible, like within the hour or within a few hours, because it's just that service, like you're providing a service and you want it to be a really like good customer experience. Um, so it could be, I mean, there, there isn't really, it's even things like, um, okay, this student really wants to learn French, but there isn't a class for them. Um, I could then kind of offer to give them private one-to-one -one lessons. I would be sending them a message or maybe offering them a trial class, you know, things like that, where I'm not just saying, oh, well, oh, that's a shame. I've lost that student, you know, because right. I didn't have a no. class available. I'm actually like chasing um, cash, you know, chasing money. <laughs> In a way, yes. Yeah. But at the same time, you're providing what students need. You're building your class structure, your course catalog to provide more options for more students. Yeah. And you're seeing where they start and where they need to go. So that was one of my questions, actually, like, you know, concentrating on French and mm -hmm. French language. But it sounds like you're teaching students from all over the world who might yeah. be beginners. You know, where is their average entry point of ability? And then um, what kind of goals do they have or do you have for them? Okay, so most of them come to me as beginners, either complete beginners who don't know any words in French, or maybe they've done like a few weeks here and there. Um, so they, they're, they're usually beginners. 
Like interestingly, I do have a few students who might have a French parent, so they sort of understand French, but they they will also take my beginner classes because um, it's difficult um, if you have like if you have a bilingual family. It's not always the case that your child is going to they might understand French, but they're not always mm -hmm. going to be able to communicate fluently. And they do kind of need that structure and maybe maybe the parent doesn't have time to teach them, you know, sit down and that or like do, the grammatical yeah. Rules yeah, yeah. and things like that. Right. Yeah. Because they're speaking conversationally, but yeah. just like we take English classes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. And like to me, that's a really big compliment because I'm not actually French, as you obviously you can tell by my accent, but for like a parent who's French to set to give their child give me as the teacher is the biggest right. compliment um and it and it shows that we should have so much more confidence in ourselves we don't need to be perfect as teachers you know um like we're still we can still give so much value to our students um For sure yeah so i mean i i i basically try and so all of my students i would class them as beginners i kind of follow like what's called the European Framework for Languages, which has six levels. So they'd always be working at level A1, which is beginners. So like the first year of French. But to be honest, if you've done a year of French, you're going to be able to have little simple conversations and be able, if you went to France, you would be able to communicate a little bit. You know, oh, good. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you focus on a specific age range, at least yeah. when you were in the school, you said you taught eight to nine-year-olds, but now that you get to choose, I mean, as a virtual teacher and a business owner, we choose what we want to teach, what age group we want to teach, you know, how many classes you offer each day or each week. And so is, did you stick with that same age group? What made you choose that? Yeah, I definitely stuck with the same age group, like age eight to nine. Um, my students would be um, in that age range simply because I know what activities they will enjoy. I know how to speak so that they'll understand. Um, I did try teaching, you know, kindergarten age group. I find that incredibly difficult, especially as they're online and it's really hard to like engage them because I, mm -hmm. I feel like maybe they need more like movement and dance or music or something. And I just, I didn't really know, like I was a little bit out of my depth there, so. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah. we all have our specialty for sure. And um, being an art teacher myself, I'm certified pre-K through 12 and they just set you loose. And it's like, okay, when it's time to interview, you might interview for the younger kids or you might get a job with the older kids, but that doesn't mean that that's where your comfort level or specialty is. And especially where I live, there's not very many job openings at one time. Usually it's not like you get to pick, oh, I want to teach the K through three age range, you know? So um, you're just kind of thrown into it and you have to figure it out sometimes where with this, I definitely have chosen what age groups that I focus on more. So it sounds like that was perfect for you being able to just really dictate what it is that you feel the most comfortable and confident in and you're you're making that work. But my question about that is if you start with eight to nine year olds, do 
do they kind of phase out of what you're teaching and they move on to another teacher? Do you recommend them to move on to somebody else or do you keep developing new lessons and keep progressing with them? Yeah, so I mean, I have students um, who've been with me like almost a year and I would keep, like I would want to keep those students. Um, however, the class sizes get much smaller. So I'd maybe have like a group of three who are my most advanced students and hopefully they will stay with me. You know, mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people, they might want to try learning French for maybe a semester and then move on to something else, or maybe they do want to try a different teacher. So, I mean, the class sizes do get smaller, but then it's really nice that um, the students who stay with me are the ones who are serious about learning. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's another thing. So as a business owner, I, I do have to focus on finding, you know, beginners to fill up my level one classes, like my true. Um, yeah. So that I do have enough numbers. Um, so yeah. Whereas like in a school, you don't, it's not really any concern of yours, is it? Because if you, <laughs> you will just turn up and teach. You don't right. really have and to find the students. So so you're not having to find the students. We get a set salary whenever we're in a school. And now as business owners, we are trying to attract students and hold on to those students. And, you know, that's how we make our money. We have, you know, it's all based on enrollments. So do you find that that's why you started focusing a little bit more on marketing and just yes. making sure that because you're kind of having this constant stream of new students because of the beginner level that people have to know about you yes. and what you're doing and what you have to offer and what value it, it has to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I do feel there's always this like anxiety around well, what if everyone just goes back to school and doesn't, you know, like they fall out of love with online learning and the numbers just drop. So I want to really like, do my best to like take as much action as I can to mm -hmm. get as many students as I can rather than just kind of leaving it to fate right yeah so it sounds like in the back of your mind you have this little bug kind of telling you like oh this might not last forever do yeah. you have a backup plan do you have other streams of income or is this your primary focus this is my primary focus um I do I honestly like believe that if we follow our passion and this is my passion I'm really lucky to work within my path like to, with languages and right. some and since I've begun to really specialize in French it has opened up opened my, up my eyes to other things that I could do you know like maybe translation or interpreting um and there are other you know so if this just one day ended I would still I feel like I I'm always going to have if I follow my passion always going to have something to do um so it's not really a concern of mine I um I don't I wouldn't I don't at the moment I wouldn't ever consider going back into a classroom um I'd rather stay um like online and doing my own mm -hmm. thing well so it sounds like maybe that's not something that you have like an action plan for yet but you do have at least a few ideas of things and the reason that I always think about that is because it my classes have definitely ebbed and flowed as far as seasons go too and I have different students in the summer than I do throughout the school year because of the times I teach and 
you know, the population is either right now I'm teaching more homeschool students and I'm kind of their art elective, you know, they use me as their art class for the week. But over the summer, it tends to be more kids that do go to school during the school year. They, they want something fun on a rainy day. You know, they'll sign up at the last minute for classes and I'll see repeat kids that maybe I don't get to see throughout the school year anymore because they did go back once the pandemic opened, you know, once things opened back up. So um, yeah, there's definitely that just being a business owner in this type of work that you have to just kind of be aware of those changes that happen. So it sounds like even though this is your primary focus, you definitely have some other ways that you could continue so that you don't have to go back to having an employer. You're the, you're your own employer. Yeah, that's like, I'm actually glad that you brought up that point because when I left my teaching job, that was one of, one of the things I said to myself. I never want to have a boss again. So mm-hmm. um, it's really important to me. And I would, I would literally like, I'd be happy earning less money as long as I could be my own boss. So. Right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're making it work and you're having fun doing it. And you are definitely gaining that confidence, seeing the value that you have provided for your students. So that's just wonderful to see the inspiration, especially for teachers who may have the same feelings as you who are afraid to leave the classroom. There is, there are other ways to teach, you know, and we both were on that path where we're still teaching and we love it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being part of this podcast, Rebecca. It was so good to meet you, to learn about what you do and see a different perspective of things. Yeah, thank you. I've really enjoyed it. I'm so glad we had the opportunity to talk to Rebecca. It was really nice to hear her take on things, how she has really transformed her career and felt that she's much more confident in being a virtual teacher and becoming a business owner. And one of the things that I definitely took away from it was her commenting that she never wants to have a boss again. Well, guess what? She's now the boss. She has opened an organization. And what that means is that Other teachers are now joining her to teach the materials and courses that she has created because she simply just doesn't have enough time to do it all herself. So she's able to reach more students by hiring teachers that she feels will represent her organization well, and I couldn't be more happy for her new venture. You'll be able to find links to follow Rebecca on Instagram and to find her classes on OutSchool in the show notes. And make sure you follow me at amy.rodman.art. I can't wait for our next episode where we talk to another teacher and we have more in the works.